Amwar makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Amwar, build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five-minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic, personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out for new-to-use styles. Now, I mentioned on the podcast recently that I have been pregnant or breastfeeding for four and a half years, and that season of my life came to a close recently, and I was like, I forgot I can wear normal clothes again that don't need to be breastfeeding friendly or constantly changing in sizes with a postpartum body. And so now I'm left with trying to figure out, well, what do I wear? What is my style? I can't even remember. And styles have changed so much in the last few years. And so I've been having fun experimenting with different types of clothing. And I love that Amoir has allowed me to try some different styles of jeans and kind of step outside my comfort zone and figure out what I love, what works for my body type, and to not have spent money on things that I was like, "Mm, actually, this doesn't work after I wore it a few times and realized I don't really like it. And so it's been a great opportunity for me to try out some new things and help me to define my personal style. And I also love that the style quiz, the different suggestions that they gave after I took the style quiz, it was right in line with what I would want to wear. And so I have just loved this service and I would love for you to get to try it out and get a great deal. Right now, my listeners can give Amwar a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit amwar.style forward slash crystal. That is amwar.style A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash crystal to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Amoire today. This episode is sponsored by Byheart, and I feel like I need to preface what I'm going to say with this. I'm a huge advocate of breastfeeding. Anyone who knows me well knows that nursing is something I believe in, and all five of our biological children were breastfed until they were 19 to 23 months old. However, we also have fostered and adopted, and I've been so grateful for formula companies in those situations. I'm also grateful for formula companies because our last two biological children, I really struggled with my supply and did all the things, spent so much time and effort and just was never able to produce enough for them to be able to gain weight and not be hungry. And so I was so grateful for companies like Byheart. Byheart is an infant nutrition company built from the ground up to deliver real innovation on behalf of babies and parents. Their mission is simple, make the best formula in the world. Using the latest in breast milk science, Byheart created a clinically proven, easy to digest infant formula that's made with organic, grass-fed whole milk, certified clean ingredients, and features a patented protein blend that gets closest to breast milk. They're made with certified clean ingredients. It has no soy, corn syrup, GMOs, or palm oil. Curious about Byheart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com forward slash podcast with code crystal for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. So go to byheart.com forward slash podcast and use crystal to get your welcome offer. 
Welcome to the Crystal Pain Show, where we help you embrace your life right where you are and give you practical steps to get to where you want to go. Now, let's get a cup of tea and spend a few minutes together. Here's your host, wife, mother of three, and entrepreneur, Crystal Payne. Welcome to another episode of The Crystal Payne Show. We have a very special episode today because all five of us, and by that I mean Jesse and I, and our three kids are all sitting in the room, and we are going to do an episode with our kids. We're going to talk about a much-requested topic, and that is why we stopped homeschooling, why we made the decision to stop homeschooling, and we're going to let our kids speak into this. We had so many requests for us to cover this topic when we shared our story and we didn't get into it, and so we thought we'd do this, but it'd be great for our kids to get to also speak into it. So I'm excited for that conversation, but before we dive into that, Justin, have a lot of just things to update you on. We've had a lot going on lately. Yes, we have. I just got back from Chicago. I was at a blogging event. And then before that, we took a family road trip that was kind of a last minute yeah. road trip. And it w- did very, the kids did very well. It was a lot of fun. We had so much fun and we crossed three more states hey, off our list. For those of you who don't know, maybe you haven't seen online where we talked about this, we have a goal to visit all 50 states in the U.S. and all seven continents by the time Catherine turns 18 or by the time she's graduated from high school. So we have four more years and we thought we had 15 states when we started out this year. And apparently we miscalculated because we figured out when I posted something on Instagram with the states we had left, one of my followers who is very attentive to detail noticed that there was a state missing from my list that she didn't think we had visited, which was Idaho. And she was right. So apparently we had 16 states to visit starting at the beginning of 2019. And now we have crossed three off. So we have 13 left to go, but we're getting ready to go to Utah and we're hoping to hit, what were the other states? Wyoming and Idaho. Wyoming and Idaho that we had forgotten about. Sorry for everybody from Idaho. And so we're, we're excited about that. But it was really cool because we got to visit. We went to Illinois and then we went to Michigan. No, sorry. I'm totally messed up. We went up. to Wisconsin we first. Go to, why did we get Michigan and Wisconsin? Well, there's like Michigan. Right I don't know. I, I keep saying that. We went to Illinois and then we went to um, Wisconsin, which we had not been to Wisconsin before right. and went to Madison, right. which was really fun. Silas's view of Madison was, Silas, you want to say what your view of Madison was? Do you remember what you said after we left there? No. You said, everything is free in Madison. Remember that? Yep. <laughs> because we just somehow managed to hit so many free things. We had a great time there. Then we went to Minnesota. Unfortunately, it was raining the day that we were there. So we went to Actually, Minneapolis. fortunately, because we spent a lot of time inside. Well, I... And plus... I changed the plans well, based upon the fact that it was but raining. Plus, but. it would not have been so beautiful at the falls if it hadn't been raining. Yes, we got to go to Minnehaha Falls. Did I say that correctly? Yes. I wrote on Instagram, <laughs> Winnehaha Falls. I don't know. I don't know where I came up with that because Minnesota, I think, is where it comes from. But anyway. No, it doesn't. Where does it come from? It comes from the name Minnehaha, which was the child of Hiawatha. Oh, 
Well, I just learned something new. I believe. I thought it was like Minnesota and something. I don't know. No, that's Minnesota, why there's a sta- ha ha. No, there's there's a statue in the middle of the creek flowing into the falls of Hiawatha holding Minnehaha. Now I don't know if Minnehaha was his daughter or Minnehaha was his wife, because they kind of she did kind of look a little bit bigger than a child, but I didn't do the research on that. You're never supposed to call a woman big just for the right. Uh, <laughs> she looks older. Older than a child. I can't take you anywhere. Okay. Uh, Back to what I was saying. So it was raining. We were inside all day, but then we decided to run over to check out this Minnehaha Falls that Mm -hmm. all my followers had said we had to go to. And because it had been raining so much, the falls were incredible. It was the most, I I think that was the highlight of the trip, honestly. Somebody asked me and yeah, I was like, probably. it was just, it was crazy. It was so, it was such a rushing torrent of yeah. water and it was scary. Yeah, it, it was. I mean, it was loud. I'm so glad we talked to that local that was there and he gave us the rundown of the height of the, of the creek going in and the flow of the water. He'd done some research on that. There was hardly anybody there and it was what? six, seven times as fast as what is required for or what recommended for kayaking. And didn't he say it was it was almost two two inches short of the record of how high the creek had ever been. Yeah, on record. So it was pretty crazy. We came on the right day. So the rain was a good thing. Well and here and there was a sign there that apparently Lyndon Johnson had had gone to the falls and there's a there's a picture of him there. And in order to have the water flowing down the falls, this kind of tells you how much water there was going into it. They had to empty all the fire hydrants and everything into the creek to provide water at the time to make the falls uh, running in order to provide that photo op for when Johnson was there. They also had his footsteps engraved into the ground. So you could stand exactly where he was standing and they had a photo there. He had way bigger feet than me. <laughs> so that was that was a highlight. And then we drove to Iowa that night and stayed in Des Moines. And unfortunately, it was raining and cold. Right. And it was raining and cold all the next day. Oh, it was cold in Minnesota. It was 56 degrees the whole time. I feel like it was colder in Iowa or it was raining harder and the rain was Oh, colder. there was a lot of rain there because it was, it was when all the tornadoes and stuff were going on in Iowa and Missouri. And that was the confluence of the cold fronts and the warm fronts. We'll talk more about confluence <laughs> in just a minute. But then, so we didn't get to do much in Iowa, which was, we were sad about. So we'll have to go back to Iowa. Um, but then we went to Illinois. We weren't really planning to spend any time in Illinois, but... Then it ended up that we stayed overnight there because what? No, we stayed overnight in, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We stayed, I forgot about Springfield. Yeah, we went to Springfield. (laughs) And what I was going to say is it was cool because we were listening to the Killing Lincoln book and we had just finished Killing Lincoln. Yes, Yes. I, well, we were kind of listening to it together. You had already read it, obviously, but we were, I was finishing listening to it right as we were driving into Springfield. And so then we got to go and see his um, burial place and we the got tomb. to go mm-hmm. into the tomb. And so it just, it, it made it come alive. That's a bad choice. Of words. <laughs> it just, it made it more real, uh, real to me when I just read all of this yeah. and then just did 
just, or heard, I hadn't read it, but I listened to it and I just, I, I feel like I was able to just appreciate it more because of that. Oh, definitely. And it was something that was totally a spur of the moment thing. Yeah. Which is kind of how we, how we how operate. We operate. <laughs> but so speaking of Confluence, we got a really great email. This is for you, Jesse, from <laughs> Sally. Sally wrote in and the title of her email was Confluence. And she said, I giggled just a little bit when I heard you and Jesse mention confluence. It's an everyday word around these parts where a world-class river rafting happens on the American River. We have an area called the confluence where two major forks of the river meet in a very powerful way. Barely a day goes by where I don't either hear or use the word myself. So Sally, thanks for proving me wrong that some people do use it. In their everyday vernacular, we'll use a big word that'll sound <laughs> sound like I know what I'm talking about, even though I had no clue what Minaha was, clearly. Speaking of our trip, one of the things that I'm going to bring is saving my life this week was being able to work in the car through the hotspot on my phone. I had posted on my Instagram your blogging mentor Instagram, which is where I teach um, beginning to intermediate bloggers how to make a part-time to full-time income from home through blogging. And I talked about the beautiful thing of being a blogger and being able to take a road trip and being able to enjoy all this family time, but also being able to work on the road. And people are saying, well, how do you do that? And I was sharing about how having the hotspot on my phone allows me to be able to work when we're driving. And so this Mm -hmm. trip involved quite a bit of driving. I mean, every day we were driving probably four to six or even one of the days we drove nine nine hours. And so all of that time in the car, I was working and just tethered with my hotspot. Or my hotspot. Or your hotspot when my hotspot somehow... It was really slow for some reason, but mine was really fast. I don't know. But anyway, I just wanted to bring that up as something that that has saved my life so many times and really helped me to be able to work on the road and us Mm -hmm. to be able to have adventures and do these things without it having to really hurt the business or that I have to come home and there's so much work or I'm so behind or I feel stressed or whatever. Right. Um, So that's one fun way that we're able to take road trips and still blog. And the other way is by having the adapter that plugs into the old cigarette lighters that have the plug that's compatible with your computer, because otherwise you wouldn't be able to keep your computer charged. So My computer can usually stay charged. My newer computer can stay charged for at least four or five hours. But yes, on those days when we were doing six or nine hours... Oh, being yeah. able to have it stay plugged in, then you don't have to stress like I'm running out of battery, you know, my it's battery so nice, life or whatever. Nice that. So, so it's really, I can just, I have my little office in the car. Also wanted to talk about a book that I finished reading just yesterday, actually. And some of you may have heard of this. I only found out about it in the last few months. Um, Someone recommended it to me. It was called The Day the World Came to Town. And it's all about 9-11 in Gander, Newfoundland. And I guess the thought had never crossed my mind of all the planes that were in the air that were headed to the U.S. when the U.S. airspace was closed during after 9-11 happened and they had to go somewhere. And so thousands of people and many planes were sent to Gander, Newfoundland. Yeah. I mean, have you remember seeing pictures of the airports and of the, the 
radar of all the airplanes. And I mean, that it's just mind boggling. Yeah. But it was like, I never thought about where did those people go? Yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> so it's this fascinating story about how this area just opened up everything, like their whole life, their homes, their pantries, you know, giving sheets and the stores, you know, giving away everything on their shelf, mm -hmm. underwear, toothbrushes, all the for these people who were completely displaced. And it was fascinating because the planes were coming from so many different places. So there were so many different stories of very unique individuals and how they all came together. And it's just a really beautiful story. And I heard from someone recently that they told me that I had mentioned this book online and they said, thank you so much because they weren't able to ever read any books on 9-11 because it impacted them. It was just too emotionally um, upsetting to them, but mm -hmm. that this book they were able to read because it was this really beautiful, hopeful story. But it was also fascinating to think about all these people that were trying to get to the U.S. I mean, I was thinking of this one couple that they had adopted a little girl and they were displaced in Gander and they had to work so hard to be able to get back and get in the U.S. and just think about how, I mean, I, I didn't think about those people and all of the kind of emotional exhaustion that they underwent as a result, you know, it's like the ripple effect right. of 9-11. But so many of them were just saying, you know, compared to what everybody else is going through, this is nothing. We are just, you know, so grateful and everything. So it's a really beautiful story. So that's the day the world came to town, 9-11 in Gander, Newfoundland. And you can actually get this book for free if you sign up for a Kindle Unlimited subscription right now. They're offering a deal on Amazon that you can get a two-month subscription for just 99 cents. After that, it goes up to $9.99. I don't think it's a good deal at $9.99, but $0.99 cents for two months. I have a list of some books that I recommend. This is one of them. So if you are interested in checking that out, I have all the details on Money Saving Mom, and I will put the link for that post on the Kindle Unlimited deal in the show notes. Do you know if that deal is dated? It should be good through the end of June, from what I understand end of from June Amazon. 2019. Yes. As I told you earlier in the show, we are doing a very special interview today, and that is with three people who we know better than anyone else in the world. Our three kids are joining us in studio today. Well, they join us at our house most days because they live at our house. Um, but our three kids, Catherine, Caitlin, and Silas, and we're going to talk about why we stopped homeschooling. This is a question that many of you have asked as not only we shared our story, but then um, last week, many of you had requested that we interview our kids on the show. And so I came on Instagram and I said, what questions would you like for us to ask the kids on the podcast? And by and large, the question that the majority of you asked, amongst a lot of other questions, was what has it been like to move from homeschooling to going to a private Christian school? Because those of you who have been following us for a while know that we homeschooled for six years. When we shared our story, we talked about the fact that both Jesse and I were homeschooled for most of our lives. And we always assumed that we would just homeschool our kids mm -hmm. through yep. high school. I mean, that was really was just assumed and, and expected. So it was a pretty big deal when we decided not to continue on that homeschool path and instead enroll our kids in school. But before we talk about that, I thought we need the kids to introduce themselves. So Catherine, 
Hello, I'm Catherine, and I am 14, a rising freshman in high school. The rising freshman thing is so much more important than your age right now. Yes, it is. (laughs) I feel old. (laughs) I know. She came home on the last day from school. She was done with school, and she's like, Mom, how does it feel to have a high schooler? I'm like, you're not a high schooler until you walk in the doors next in the fall. In high school. Yeah, but I'm a rising freshman. That's why I said that. <laughs> Caitlin, you want to introduce yourself? I'm Caitlin, and I am 11 and... Almost 12. Almost 12. I'll be 12 in a little bit. Um, <laughs> and I am a rising eighth grader. <laughs> Silas? I'm not proud of anything. <laughs> you have a lot to be proud of. <laughs> I am... Silas and I am 10 and gonna be in fourth grade. Yes, that's right. And so, as Jesse and I were kind of going back to when we first made the decision, or when we, not even when we first made the decision, but when we even started contemplating switching from something other than homeschooling. I don't even think it was in our minds for quite a while. It was just, we knew something needed to change. Yeah. I didn't know. We had not been talking about it very long at all, but God was working in our hearts simultaneously when the other, I didn't know that you were kind of processing through the same things that I was. And And I think it really had to do with Catherine that she was struggling, not academically. I mean, very bright, but socially. Yeah, but we just, we wanted to give her some more opportunities that we didn't feel that we could give her at home. And Catherine, can you take us back to, you said maybe when you were eight or nine years old is kind of when it started showing up that you felt, how did you feel? Yeah, I was about nine or 10. Uh, whenever I was in social settings, I not- I noticed that I wasn't really very good at socializing with people my own age. I struggled with that. I felt uncomfortable. I was good whenever I was talking to people older than me or a lot younger than me, but whenever it came to socializing with my own age and making friends, I really struggled with that. And I think we'd had a lot of conversations about it, and it was something that we recognized that you struggled with But Jesse, I think both of us, we just were like, what do we do? We tried having her kind of, you know, be involved. You did swimming for a while and trying. She she really enjoyed it and she made some friends, but they weren't lasting friends. She was looking for something a lot deeper than Mm -hmm. surface level friends. Yeah. Because you don't do surface level friendship. You like to dig deep and and you're, I always say you're an old soul. And so you got along great with adults and it wasn't that you didn't have social skills because you were, you would have these long conversations with adults. You loved young kids, but when you would get in a room with kids your age, it's like you just felt extremely uncomfortable. Yes. And I, I I think both of us, Jesse, you, you and I, we were just like, this is, this is, we don't want her to grow up and feel uncomfortable around people that mm-hmm. are her own age. Like that is going to be something that's going to be a big detriment to her. Right. And so I I don't really know. Well, I do know the day I was sitting in church and I just felt this real strong prompting that we needed to do something 
other than homeschool for her. Cause I just felt like we were kind of, it was very safe. She was in this little bubble, right. but it wasn't preparing her well for life to just let her continue to have this social awkwardness, social anxiety. Catherine, would you say that you had social awkwardness and social anxiety? Yes. And much of it. Yes. So I came home from church that day. I don't even know what the sermon was about, but that's that's when I was, I just felt the strong prompting, like we need to look into something else. And I was scared to tell you because it was something that we had never discussed. Nope. And I remember just sitting on the bed and saying, this is how, this is what I felt this morning. And you shocked me by not being like, no way. That's not what we, you know, talk about how you felt. Well, I was thinking the same thing and was, there were some opportunities that I was wanting the kids to have. And there were some options here that we wanted, I wanted to look at and I didn't like necessarily the program that we were using because I thought we, they needed more. Mm-hmm. And one of the options that we looked at was an umbrella school. Mm-hmm. And we talked about that and which is basically under a private school, but you're still homeschooling. And we were talking about it. And as we were talking about it, it's like, you know what, if we're going to do it, let's just do it. And so we decided to go ahead and, and look at the couple options that we had. And they were very consistent with our philosophy of education and, and it surprised us, honestly, very much so. how much we were like, wow, a school that believes that the parents are the primary people responsible for their children's education. Right. Okay. Which was huge. And honestly, we, we didn't, re- what helped is we viewed it as an extension of our home education because our philosophy of education does not start at the age of five. It starts, started at birth. And mm-hmm. so home education for us, it was a way of life. Mm-hmm. And that's how we operate still today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That all of life is a classroom and we want to teach every day, you know, whether we're on a road trip or just in the car um, and you guys are having a debate about, does a fish know that it's wet? <laughs> <laughs> or just, you know, in the little things of everyday life, that it's all of it is a classroom and that all of it is something that we can learn. And I think it was really our heartbeat to give our kids a love of learning and that they would be right. lifelong learners. And so we, we viewed this transition kind of that, that we were just delegating the day to day responsibility of the in-class discussions to someone else. Who was coming alongside us exactly. and, and helping us as their primary teachers. Mm-hmm. And so we, we kind of, we both felt this peace about this, but then we knew we had to <laughs> tell Catherine. And at that point it was just, we weren't really thinking all three of them. We just knew for Catherine, she needed right. a change. And, and, and she does not like change. Does not like change. And so Catherine, <laughs> <laughs> how did it feel that when we presented this to you, that we had already made this decision? I was not happy at all. I was very the angry understatement of the year. <laughs> yes, I'm sorry, I interrupted you. You were what? I was very angry at you guys for choosing that because I felt like that was just a scary situation that you guys were putting me in. I hadn't experienced that before. 
Yeah. And I think for us, it was, we, there was a lot of apprehension as well of what this was going to be like for you. And was this really going to be a, a good decision? And what if it was, turned out awful? Um, but we just felt this piece that we were supposed to kind of gently nudge you out of the nest, even though it didn't feel like that because you needed to grow wings and learn to fly on your own. And we couldn't protect you for the rest of your life, you know? And so at that point, whenever we told her, I think we knew she was going to be upset, but I think she surprised us by how angry and upset she was and emotionally just kind of distraught over like, how could you do this to me? Why would you do this to me? Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, she basically has said that she would never say that it was a good decision. (laughs) She still hasn't, although she's gotten really close. Maybe today is going to be the day. No. Do you have anything special you want to say? I still will not admit it. (laughs) Um, But then that was the point where we were like, okay, I think for Catherine's sake, we need to consider doing, you know, moving Silas and Caitlin also into school because at least then she would feel like she's not alone. At least she would have, you know, it was a small school and we knew that she would at least know that, okay, her brother and her sister are there too. She's not doing this by herself. And so Caitlin, do you remember that day whenever we told Catherine? Not really. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't a traumatic day for you. No, I was kind of excited, I think. I think you were, and I think you, the one thing I remember, I think you were disappointed because you wouldn't get a locker, wasn't that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was it. You just wanted to have a locker to decorate. Well, I have lockers thing. now. <laughs> yes, you do. Um, and Silas, do you do you remember it all that day? Um, I guess I was kind of excited, but, like, didn't know if I would like it or not. Mm-hmm. Like if I would like my teacher or not, mm-hmm. and they'd be good friends or not. Mm-hmm. And so for all of you on that first day, I remember that first day. It was so hard to go and drop. It was like kindergarten, dropping your your child off at kindergarten on steroids times three because I had homeschooled for six years and always seen myself as being a homeschool mom. And so to take each of them individually into their classrooms and drop them off and know that Catherine was really mad at me. And and I think you were even telling us at that point, this is going to be awful. This is going to be terrible. I'm going to hate it. I was very stubborn. (laughs) Yes, you were. Still You are stubborn? Oh, you were stubborn? (laughs) And so tell us what that day was like, that first day of school. I can't really remember much, but from what I can remember, I was very shy. I I remember there there was this one girl that I talked to who is now a really close friend of mine, but besides that, I didn't really make very very many interactions that first day. I was very stubborn thinking that this is not a good decision. Not saying that it is now. <laughs> Was that? Can you can you repeat that? <laughs> no, it, uh, no, I'm not. <laughs> I think if I remember right, you you got in the car every day for the first week, and you were like, "Yeah, it's terrible. That was yeah. a terrible decision. I can't believe that you're making me do this." <laughs> yeah. Uh, Whereas I think Caitlin and Silas, you you guys, we, we were all excited. <laughs> Caitlin, do you remember? Were you excited? Well, the first weeks that we had was like supposed to be a fun week mm-hmm. and we had all these activities. I didn't really enjoy the activities because I like school more. 
But I think it was a little bit better every day that we went mm-hmm. because I started to get to know people more. Mm-hmm. And I started um, making relationships with people. And it seemed like every day I was making a new friendship with somebody. Mm-hmm. But that's how I was then. And I'm I'm not an extrovert anymore, so... You were, I think you were more extroverted at that point because you weren't around a lot of different people. (laughs) I mean, it was just the five of us a lot of the time. And so now I think you, because you're around a lot more people, you enjoy your time by yourself to create and just have quiet more. Is that, is that true? Yeah. And so Catherine, uh, the first week was bad. Was the second week bad? I think so. (laughs) I I mean... I, I think it was just my stubborn ad- attitude that I was putting, like, I was putting into it. That's what I got out of it. It wasn't good. But I think it was more myself. I wasn't thinking it was good. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. How long do you think it took before you started to feel comfortable and started to realize, oh, this might not be this horrible, awful thing? I'm not going to answer that. <laughs> Never. <laughs> how, how long did it take you to to come to the conclusion that it was a good idea? I still haven't. <laughs> yeah. I remember. I think. I I think the first few weeks were really really hard for you, but every day it got a little bit better. And I know by November, so you started school. I think in August, and by November, I remember your maybe it was December, but your class was having a Christmas party. And I remember oh, yes. you coming home and saying, I want to make this Christmas Chex Mix. And I'm a, I just remember you being so excited about getting to do this thing with your class and wanting to be really proactively involved. Remember that? Yeah. yeah. And uh, there was a shift that was really changing for you at that point, I think, of you developing these friendships and mm-hmm. feeling a part of something. Yeah. Yeah. That was the first time. I. I felt more comfortable with it towards mm-hmm. the middle of the year. Uh, it was very hard to get used to it. It was a situation that was totally new to me. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that once the middle of the year hit, I kind of finally figured out my place. And I was more comfortable with it. And I knew how to interact with people of my own age. I was very, uh, I was, I I actually figured out how extroverted I was. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't really get to know that until I had people that I was around a lot that were my age. And yeah, so. I was thinking how we always thought that Caitlin was the extrovert and Silas was more introverted and shy until... I think school, you really came alive in school. Oh, definitely. Do you remember how introverted he was when he was a little baby? And you, or he was a, not just a toddler. little baby, but a toddler, especially like ice skating when he would go ice skating? Yeah. Oh, wow. He was so shy. I remember he used to like hide behind. <laughs> yeah, I would just hide behind the like a pole or something. And he wasn't so small. <laughs> If you asked him to skate, he would just, he wouldn't skate. And we have that one video of him. It's yeah. the only time. I would just try to like run away, not try to skate. So we had all the kids take ice skating lessons. And Silas, it was the first time. I think you must have been, were you three? I bet you were. I was three or, I was three or four. And it, so you were doing the little snowplow Sam <laughs> yeah. lessons. 
And it was the first time that you'd ever done lessons <laughs> with, with other kids. And I remember you would not stand up on the ice. Unless daddy was holding me. And, and you would very, not. He's very stubborn. You would not, he would not look, go with his teacher. You would all. not look at the instructor. You would not do. It was six weeks. And I think the class was eight weeks. And the whole time I'd have to stand out there and hold you up. Yep. And you just wouldn't participate. But but it was the same thing, kind of like putting Catherine in school where, you know, that was just a little bit kind of inching you in the yep. direction of getting we had to push you outside of your safe, comfortable bubble where you could just be shy. And we said, no. And I think you going to school, that was when you were really starting to blossom into this extroverted person. And so we saw that come alive. And then for Catherine, we had no idea that you had this extroverted social butterfly personality. Yeah. Now she just invite friends over. Now we every day you're like, can I go out with my friends? Can I have yeah. my friends over? You 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 don't like a day to go by without spending time with friends. It's that yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and Caitlin is more has become more quiet <laughs> and introverted. Not that you're always quiet, but it's kind of interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but wouldn't you say how you thought you were very extroverted and maybe school has helped you realize something more true about yourself? Um, I, yeah, I, after going to school, I realized that I like, I like groups of smaller people, not groups smaller. Of people. <laughs> <laughs> I like people of my own height. Um, <laughs> you like smaller groups? I like smaller groups of people. Okay. And uh, groups of smaller people. Of smaller. <laughs> um, and I like animals more. I've noticed that a lot. And I like babies more. Mm-hmm. Um, so I spend most of my time with Quill. And not our and hedgehog. So what have been some, you've talked about some good things, I think for Catherine and Silas, you know, talking about the side of you that you didn't realize. Caitlin, for you, what has been something that has been a good thing? I mean, it's the, not that it's a bad thing that you've kind of realized more who you are, that you have more of my kind of personality, that you like one-on-one conversations, lots of quiet, um, you like babies and animals, and you enjoy groups of people, but just not for hours and hours and hours and hours of time. But so that that's not a bad thing, but what are some other things that you feel like this has been a really positive thing from school? Well, I think one thing is that I appreciate that I've seen in you is your desire to apply yourself with your studies. And, you know, when we started the transition of going to school, you were in competitive ice skating mm-hmm. and you had to give that up to focus on your school so you could do school well. And so setting your priorities and following through with those priorities, I appreciate that. I think you've also realized how much, you love to excel academically. Is that accurate? Yeah. You're highly motivated. Like when I met with your teacher this year and he said, I can tell that Caitlin is very determined that she is going to get all A's. Is that true? Uh-huh. <laughs> and, and what you're studying is not easy. Yes. It's very academically challenging Just, Caitlin, at your school. How, how many books did you read this year? Um, about 27, I think. Mm-hmm. And they were hard. C.S. Lewis. I don't. I can't even pronounce some of the Homer. 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 
Iliad. Did I pronounce it correctly? I didn't Iliad. read the Iliad. I oh, sorry. The Aeneid. The Aeneid. Aeneid. Okay. Aeneid. I knew. Same author. Aeneid. Mm-hmm. And Odyssey. Yes. And a lot of books that when I opened them up, they did not make any sense to me at all. Mostly because they were in Latin. <laughs> and a lot of Latin. They weren't in Latin. My no. Latin book was. Her Latin. Your Latin book was, but. But so I think for you recognizing that was something that maybe you you like to be challenged academically and you like competition. Would would you say that that's you enjoy kind of competing and really working very hard? Yeah, but not too hard. Like I can't because I procrastinate so much. I um I can't have something that I'm looking forward to in like a week that I have to finish. In a week, I'll probably mm-hmm. just end up procrastinating and doing it on the final day before it's due. <laughs> so it's probably better whenever I have things that's due the day after it's assigned. <laughs> <laughs> Who does that sound like? <laughs> so I think for all three of you, you know, there there have been hard things too. Would you say that there have been hard things with school as well, with going from to school versus being homeschooled? Yeah. Waking up early. <laughs> Getting out the door, being gone, I think, all day, mm-hmm. every day. That's really hard. And sometimes you just wish you could stay home. Silas, I think for you, have there been some hard things? Um, Probably in, like, Homeschool, you could just, like, be doing computer school, and then you could just, like, I could just play with Catherine and Caitlin. You could get your school done pretty quickly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then whenever you're at school, you only have two breaks, and you have to do school the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a lot longer of a day, and you don't have as much flexibility. Yes. You have to be... You have to follow the routine and the schedule. Mm-hmm. Whereas with homeschool, you could usually, especially because you were just in kindergarten, but you could get your school done very quickly. Yeah. And then you had a lot of free time. Yep. Mm-hmm. Catherine, for you, have there been things that have been hard? Like the difference between homeschool and school? I'd have to say the stress is a lot more. That may just be because... I, I was a good teacher. I was a better <laughs> teacher. <No. laughs> uh it's probably just because I'm a, a higher grade than I was, mm-hmm. but it's different from having homework and then having to go to school than just going to school at home and getting mm-hmm. all your stuff done quick and faster. Uh, it's a lot more stressful, and I don't get as much time to do different things. I don't get as much time to play sports like mm-hmm. I used to, but that's the only thing I could really think of. But you've also gotten to do basketball at school. Yeah, yeah. Which is something that you've really enjoyed. Yep. We've all enjoyed. Our whole family has enjoyed getting to watch you do that. For you, Jesse, do you feel like do you have any closing thoughts on just kind of the transition? I think overall it was a good transition for us because so much of our identity was wrapped up in – our homeschooling. Mm-hmm. And it was good for both of us to kind of shed that identity because it really, it wasn't healthy at all. And because we don't want our 
method of education to define who we are. It's good to step outside of the really rest in our identity, who we are in Christ and do what God's calling us to do. Even if it's outside of the norm of what we were planning for the longest time to do. Yeah. And I think for us, it's been good because instead of just kind of being like, okay, this is the plan every year, us saying, okay, we're going to take one child one year at a time, Mm -hmm. really pray about it. And we've done some different things. Even we put them, they were all in the same school. And then the next year there were two in that school, one that was being homeschooled and halfway through the year, one switched to another school, one switched to another school, you know, then they were in three different schools for half a year. And then they were in, you know, two in one school and one another school. And so we've just, it's, we've every year it's been just, you know, seeking the Lord, what is best, talking with the kids, just trying to really figure out what is the best choice for that child for that year. Yep. That's the key. It's what is best for that child. And so I think we don't know what the future holds. We don't know. We're not here saying our children are going to be in the school that they are in until they graduate. Right. Because I don't think that's probably going to be the case. Right. But this next year, we know what the plan is, or at least we think we know (laughs) what the plan is, what, what is best for them. And we're just taking it one year at a time. And so I think it's been really good for us to just have to rely upon the Lord and seek Him for our children and just trust Him and you know, do things that that scare us, that scare our kids, and mm-hmm. just feel like, okay, it's just one step at a time. We're to take this next step, do the next right thing that we feel like God is calling us to. Yep. And so that's that. I hope that it helps answer the many questions that we got on this topic. And if you have other questions um, on this topic, you know, we can do our best to try to answer them in a later episode or via email. Um, and then also, hopefully we're going to have the kids back on at a later date to answer a lot of the other questions that were on a lot of different topics and do kind of a rapid fire questioning of them because there were so many questions submitted. So it seems like you all would love to have that sort of episode. As always, if you have any question on any topic you'd love for Jesse and I to answer on a future episode, or you just have feedback or suggestions, or you'd love for us to change something or do something different, we love to hear from you. We love your emails. And so you can send an email to crystal at moneysavingmom.com. Thank you so much for joining us on today's episode of the Crystal Pain Show. Have a great week. And remember, you can't always choose your circumstances, but you can always choose your attitude. Thank you for joining us today. For more great resources, please visit crystalpain.com. 